a very warm welcome to our Whispers of the Soul podcast, where we host conscious conversations with a spiritual and soulful twist. We and our guest speakers talk about life-changing events orchestrated from our soul, so that we can raise the profile of our quieter and more softer voice that comes from our intuition. So stay with us for your next soul download. Whispers of the soul. Welcome to another episode of Whispers of the Soul. I am Sally. And I'm Sibby. And um, we're bringing you a really good one today. We are joined by Jamie Denyer. Um, and we can't wait to talk to him uh, about his journey and some of the incredible work that he's doing. So um, a little bit of an intro for you listeners about Jamie. So Jamie is an inspirational and motivational speaker in schools, colleges, universities, youth offender institutions, prisons, corporate and professional sports teams. Um, He offers one-to-one and group coaching on resilience and confidence for adults and children. Jamie, also known as the Grief Preacher, if you follow him on socials, also helps with self-esteem, value, worth and mental health and is a suicide prevention speaker. So welcome, Jamie. It's great to have you. Thank you for having me. It's a real blessing. Can I can I ask Jamie? I mean, I know a bit about your um your story, but is it okay for you to share a little bit about how you got started doing this work? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'm very open and honest with, you know, my journey so far and what has happened. Now, when I go back to kind of like uh, my childhood, um, what I'm doing now and who I am as a person could have been very, very different because I grew up on a very rough council estate. There was a lot of drug dealers, a lot of drug users. Um, I saw two murders in broad daylight by the time I was 13. I was, you know, they were drug deals that went wrong. I was witness to domestic violence. Um, I was kind of bullied when I was young. My dad left me when I was young so there's all these things that where I go into certain places and I will ask a prisoner like why is it you do you you know why is it you've done what you've done and they and they hold up what they deem to be a good reason and justification when in fact it's just an excuse because it's exactly the same kind of environment that I've come from so you know that there you know I've even with all that influence around me, I've never tried a drug in my life. I've never uh, tried a cigarette in my life. I've never gone out there and hurt people, um, except inside a kickboxing ring where I was semi-professional for a little while. So I've never held anything up as an excuse to be, uh, you know, a certain person. Like I've always used um, a negative as motivation to distance myself from that. So like with all different tests and trials that naturally come come your way during your life, I mean, I went through a divorce and, you know, sir, uh, you, you know, my nan passed away, my granddad passed away and stuff like that. But, you know, what, 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 what really, really turned my world upside down was in 2012, where was when my 19 year old nephew was killed by a single punch. He was hit from behind in an unprovoked attack. Um, my nephew went over, his head hit the floor, and he died of blunt force trauma, which is severe brain damage. Mm-hmm. Now, that situation, now I can always remember my sister kind of phoning me at half past one in the morning. She said, You need to get in your car and you need to drive four hours now down to, down to my hometown of Brighton. Um, Connor's been attacked he's in the hospital and I thought to myself right he's busted up bad because he's in the hospital but he's in the best place because he's in the hospital but I didn't know at that point that my sister had been given the news that Connor had a 1% chance of survival 99% chance he wouldn't make it so I knew at the time that my sister in her in her greatest pain in her greatest moment of pain like I would I would say no matter what anyone goes through in life nothing will trump child loss nothing it's it's the biggest it's the greatest you know ask any parent what their worst nightmare would be so in that moment she had to make it serious enough for her baby brother to come down to see his nephew but with all that she knew at that point she withheld that information because she's thinking about my safety she didn't want me driving erratically you know on that four-hour journey so that was a massive massive lesson for me um you know that my sister done that and i'll be forever grateful but you know when i when i arrived in brighton you know, uh, going into a hospital is one thing, but going into an intensive care unit is something completely different. And I knew that when I walked through those curtains and saw each one of my family members surrounding Connor, you know, holding a different body part of of his a hand, a foot, you know, people up at his head, stroking his hair. And he had a neck brace on and tubes coming out of his mouth. And, 
his chest going up and down, but that wasn't him breathing. That was the machine doing it for him. I knew that there was one thing that changed in that moment, and that is everything. My life would never, ever be the same. My family's life would never, ever be the same. Mm. Um, you know, and it got to the point where after that, you know, we can we can talk about like looking for looking for the diamonds in amongst the debris, you know, in a little while, which is picking out the good in amongst the chaos. But, um, you know, at that point, you know, there was little crumbs of comfort that were coming our way. Like two days after we got the news that he had saved the life of five people with his organs, you know, uh, his heart couldn't be used because it was too traumatized. But what could be used was his heart valves. His heart valves went into storage. Um, and seven months later, when I was in the darkness, when I was in the pit, we got the news that he had saved the life of a 10-month-old baby girl with one of his mm. heart valves. And my beautiful wow. princess, Tilly, was 10 months old at that time. Mm. So I knew how much of a blessing and a privilege it was to be the dad of a 10-month-old baby girl. And that was Connor taking away the excuse for me, like saying to me, Aunt, listen, I, 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 I'm not even here anymore, but yet I'm still saving people. What's your excuse not to use your God-given talent to go out there and help people? So mm. I decided to turn that adversity into a victory by by going out there and offering talks, offering, you know, uh, help, helping people with my words. Yeah. And it was about five months after that that we got, um, you know, the news that he had saved a five-year-old boy with his other heart valve. So that gave me the impetus to keep on going. Um, and then when I started doing my talks, I can always remember around about six months, seven months after I first started speaking, um, I'd done I'd done a talk um, at a place called the Waterfront Waterfront Museum in Swansea, SA1, and I was doing it for year 11s. And a boy, he sent me some feedback back and, and he sent me an email. And at the end of the email, he simply said, um, thank you for everything you said today, because you haven't just changed my life, but you've saved it because tonight I was planning on uh, taking my own life so it was at that moment it was at that light bulb moment i thought there it is that's 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 why connor saunders saved people's lives with his organs i've now saved people's lives with my words yeah. so yeah that's that's what propelled me to do what it is that i do yeah that's just so powerful though isn't it when you because because more often than not when you're going out there doing your thing you don't always hear about the ripple effects of that they don't always come back to you and to to actually know that you've not only changed a person's life but saved a person's life, that's got to be because you know I was saying to Sibby before you came on, I said you know the one thing that really stands out about Jamie is how driven he is and how passionate he is, mm. you know. And and I sometimes feel like I'll hit a flat point and then I'm trying to find my purpose again and hit a flat point. And you know I can see why you're so inspirational to people because you've got that drive and that passion. And when you start to talk about making a, a difference to people's lives to the point of you saving them, yeah, I can see where that comes from. Yeah, and I and, and I don't want any anyone to think that I'm some kind of like superhero when nothing affects me, and uh, you know that I've got it all figured out. I have to go again, and I have to find these yeah. these inspirations and that's why I have these tools and these techniques um, about what I use yeah. and it works for me to literally do what it is that I do uh, because of the reasons that I do it it's going to work for everybody and that's yeah. what that's 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 how I get people um, to keep on pushing forward to keep on kind of um, you know just taking a step at a time and keep on moving forward and 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 kind of living their purpose and getting them back on track again so mm. yeah it's it's easy in essence it's quite simple in in essence yeah 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 I was gonna ask you as well with the schools because um my so my eldest he's uh 15 and through his experience at school you know as a parent you find out all this other stuff that's going on in schools like like the knife crime for example all of the kids are vaping um that I don't know there's just a real kind of a disconnect at the minute with today's youth um what what's your thoughts Jamie on what what's happening there and how you know when you go in and you do your your thing and you do your talk I can imagine even if Lewis you know my son came and, and listened to you it would inspire him mm. what's what's your thoughts on what's happening and how you know you're making a difference well what I do is I kind of bring the old school and you know, because I've got an old school mentality. Old school. I I I I take lessons from my nan and my granddad. I you, yeah. you know uh, how you work through things, how you kind of bust the gut to get something done. Do you know what I mean? Old school. I mean, I know we're so far in the future now from from back then, 
but you know their way still works and if it isn't broke then don't fix it it's just today like loads of people they like to overcomplicate things and what you have to understand is when i go into schools as well like i say to the i say to the pupils listen i wouldn't want to be your age in today's day and age for love nor money because of all what's going on because of everything they're facing at the moment we we had back then like, listen, bullying has always been around. And like I say, listen, I was bullied terribly when I was young. But the reasons that I was bullied when I was young are now paying me back and kind of and and kind of helping me in life because I've stayed true to myself. It's like I used to get bullied back in the day because of the music I used to listen to, like old school hip hop. And I used to wear, you know, you know, clothes that my friend's cousin who lived in the Bronx, New York, like used to send over. So I was wearing clothes that no one else had. I was having like designs cutting my hair and all that. And I had a severe stutter as well. So it's like going from kind of like severe stutter to a very high octane, fast paced motivational speaker is like a big jump. But I had to get this speech therapy kind of sent over from like Australia. And we're not talking about Amazon next day delivery. We're talking about six weeks. So I had this, this speech therapy, this audio speech therapy, and it was all to do with airflow. And if like, if you take, you know, for instance, the word away, I would have to go, uh, way uh way and i still have words that i struggle with and i have to sometimes think about five or six words in front of myself and i have to sentence rearrange to like avoid these words or say them in a different in different terms so i was bullied back then but i stay true to myself because a lot of people will say now even if they don't know my name they'll say like Who's the guy that looks like a drug dealer? Who's the guy that looks like a gangster? Who's the guy that looks like a rapper? He's the guy that I want to come in and, uh, you know, speak at my school and speak at my corporation, speak at my business, you know, because they kind of know me by sight. But I've always stayed true to myself. So there's always, always been bullying. But the severity has gone up. I knew that when I was bullied in school, as soon as I walked out the school gates, I had the evening off. Now, all of a sudden, we are facing the biggest enemy that we've ever faced ever and nothing is bigger social media so they are getting bullied 24 7 plus this thing in which we're on which we're communicating now like these gadgets like people just have a doorway to the world now so that's why there's that's why the self-esteem is so low that's why body dysmorphia is so high because people are comparing themselves to other people and you can see the world now so you know back in the day you could only see your community you know you would only see your friends you would only see a small group of people that you compared yourself to but now all of a sudden kids are in are in competition with the world and they're thinking that they're losing they think they're not good enough they think that they're not valuable enough that they're not beautiful enough they're not tall enough that they're not uh, fit enough and all of a sudden that's crushing them so you know what i what i say is back in the day back in my day that my my old school resilience was there and the world's problems was there it's a bit of an even fight but now yeah. what it is that you're facing is the world's problems are up there but also natural resilience has dropped in these mm. kids there is natural resilience that's gone and adults are like and that's where the problem is so i can't do anything about the world's problems that's why i like to raise resilience and so mm. it makes it a bit more of an even fight because back in the day it was very even but now there's a big, big kind of, yeah, it's not congruent. It's it's kind of all disconnected. Do you think... Um, that makes sense. Yeah, that totally makes sense. Um, with with young people, I, I, I sometimes sense that, um, well, that they really can, they want to connect. Um, I'm sure that you experience that. It's almost like they're just really looking for a connection with, with others. And like... For me, I think because you're and I know, you know, I know this is a cliche being real, but, you know, I think your energy is real and and you're there. Like you always say, don't you? You show up like as you, you know what I mean? Yeah. And that's so powerful, I think, for young people, because I think they can I think they can detect <laughs> inauthenticity. Hey, oh, they're like bloodhounds. They would. Exactly. They would and you know what a lot of people have said to me in the past oh if you dress smart if you dress in a suit you'd get loads more speaking engagements and I'm like listen it's not about the quantity for me it's about the quality it's about me being myself and you know what I feel very comfortable going into like corporate business business events like multi-million pound where the where the event the event organizers and the business owners that are there are in the Armani suits and the Patrick Cox shoes and the women are in the Coco Chanel dresses and the Jimmy Choo shoes. And all of a sudden in I rock in my Jordan hat, my cat, like my hoodie, like my joggers and my Jordans. And people think, does he come to speak or rob the place? Like I'm not too <laughs> sure. And, but then I start speaking and I, and I understand I'm the real deal because 
I whether my my bank balance may not match theirs, but my car may not match theirs. But you know what? I've 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 literally created something for myself in one of the hardest niches in the world because it seems that everyone wants to be a motivational speaker nowadays. But yeah. show me the evidence of where people are paying your fee, they're paying your accommodation, they're paying your travel and expenses to go all over the country to stand in front of an audience of people to, to, to deliver it in person. A lot of people will call themselves motivational speakers, but you go onto their social media and it's quite simply, you, you know, that they're stood in front of their their video phones. You know what I mean? And, and I'm not saying that's a bad thing, but... I have every right to be there and I don't care who I'm who I'm in that place with right I can say with no degree of arrogance that I'm one of if not the most successful person in the room and the reason is is because there are people still walking this earth because of me I don't care how much you earn I can show you this email from this kid that was gonna that was gonna take his own life I can I, I can show you messages of people that say because of you I'm still here it's, it's, it's plain and simple so it's about how you kind of uh, um you know look at look at success but it's all about staying real so i will wear what i wear and i will go in and be who i am and they can see that i'm real very you know you know visually they will resonate you, you know the amount of compliments that i get off of my trainers is unreal because i'll be wearing kind of jordan fours or jordan fives jordan six <laughs> oh man like they're they're insane you know you, you know, so there's that so there's that immediate kind of uh resonation with me but they'll see what i'm wearing but They'll know that I'm real. They'll know that I'm speaking the truth because I can back it up with evidence. But then, you know, because of how I speak and how I deliver the message, a lot of people can see that fire. They can see the passion. And you know what? It, it, it's, it's not me just saying it because it's it, it actually says it on my TED talk as well. Like there's a couple of comments that say, why is this guy so angry? And it's like, listen, don't confuse anger with passion. Yeah. Anger will want to hurt people, tear people down and destroy their dreams. Passion will want to help people, help uh, help build people and help them build their dreams. They may look quite similar visually, but in their meaning, there's 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 a massive chasm. So, you know, it's just one of those that, yeah, don't, don't get it twisted. And, you know, I say to people, listen, I can't go carrying anger around. You know, the evidence that I've got is I forgave the boy that killed my nephew. And I was able to sit across the table from him and speak because I knew that I couldn't go into these schools and colleges and universities and represent my nephew and my family in the correct way if I still had all this bitterness and hatred. Yeah. So at that moment that I didn't let him off the hook, I let myself off the hook. I didn't let him go. I let myself go. I unleashed myself to do the amazing work in which I'm doing now. So, yeah, because of that realness, and I'll say, listen, I'm not a qualified therapist. Like, I haven't got any degrees, but there's a reason as to why kids are asking to talk to me after the talks, and they are and they are kind, kind of letting themselves go. They are really, like, like, divulging to me, like, what it is that they're going through, and they're expressing their pain, and I'm literally helping them, and they will leave me, whether it be one minute, two minutes, five minutes, or ten minutes, they will leave calm they will leave with a little bit of clarity and they will leave with a lot of hope yeah well I think yeah. also you probably give is a very um a strong masculine kind of love if that's if that makes sense yeah. and I think that maybe that's something that has been lacking or or that there's men that aren't able to to give that or I don't know this is a generalization but or maybe that's just, just something mm. that kids especially young boys yeah need yeah to, to you know what I mean and need and also need to see modeled as well Very but much. to be on the receiving end of that from you you know what I mean I can see how healing that that would be in that in that moment where they're sharing you know what I mean they're sharing something with you um and and I just think like how do you how do you think we can if that is something that's lacking how how can we um bring more of that into life like you know for young young men especially yeah it certainly is lacking absolutely and i know the battle in which this is i know the war in which we're in on this because it's definitely what they need it's definitely what is lacking um, there has to be like this strong, masculine, protective kind of vibe and aura and energy. But unfortunately, 
the world as it is at the moment, a lot of masculine people are under attack and we're kind of being, being uh, uh, um, you know, berated for it, that it's in some kind of way toxic. Mm. But what you have to understand is that, well, there will be a reason for that. You know, listen, I don't want to go into it too deep, but there, there is a reason for that, that that is being attacked. Because when you look at the animal kingdom, if you look at a troop of gorillas, if you look at a pride of lions, if you take out the head gorilla, if you take out the head lion, everyone else is vulnerable. Now, this 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 needs it needs this masculine energy. It needs uh, the protectiveness. It needs that person that's willing to step into the breach, to step into the fray, and kind of say, "Well, come on, listen, I'll I'll, I'll kind of take what you've got. This I love what I have. These are these this this is precious to me. These people are precious to me, and I'm going to protect them under under any circumstance and at all costs." Um, of course, listen, there's people that take that to the extreme. Of yeah. course, there's men that take liberties. Of course, there is. But you can't tar us all with the same brush. So there has to be this positive masculine kind of influence. And if, you know, during my talks, when I talk about my reason, you know, when I'm bringing up pictures of like my beautiful daughters, if right, when I'm bringing up the pictures of like my son and my grandsons and literally my family and how much respect that I pay my sister, my oldest sister and and of course you know my mum you know they 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 know how much how much love and respect that I have for women uh, that I have for the women in my life um and how much I will protect them so they see the 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 ideal mix with me someone that is willing to fight that is driven that is passionate that is kind of like you you, you know will will kind of get the job done and has this very protective streak but it's also very very sensitive it's also very very loving so that's what they that's what they see with me, but it is something that is very very lacking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think that for me, the word respect stands out because I think you know a lot of a lot of time you see that that's gone. Um, whether that's you know with kids in school and and how the whole school is set up now, or whether that's about you know recognizing your elders or even how they can be with grandparents for example there's I don't know there's been this almost this slippery slope and it's not the kids fault you know they've they just come into the world and the world is as it is um Mm. but I think that that's a really a key word you've picked up on there the respect you know it's sort of it's lacking isn't it in in some ways with the kids yeah a lot of it has gone and because we we had you know in the not too distant past Listen, babies were having babies in, in, in as much as, you know, people who, who, who weren't invested in enough, who wasn't engaged with enough, um, are all of a sudden the adults that are having the kids now. So, you know, there is going to be these these toxic kind of behaviours mm. that are going to get passed down. And, you know, it's like it's like me now. Like I, I, I'll, I'll, I'll take my little girls into a park and I would like a pound for each time I've said, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like, watch your language you know to to another group of kids because it's just like swearing is just like the norm it's every other word and that's something that I'm very very proud of you know because I will go into schools and I say I go into some of the harshest environments and I deal with nasty people murderers rapists category a sex offenders pedophiles listen people that have been uh, convicted of aggravated assault and armed robbery gbh manslaughter the whole works and you know what a swear word has never passed my lips because my message is too powerful because my style and my delivery is too good. I don't need it. And there are people that see that in me and they will say, right, okay, this guy will represent my school in the right way. He will represent my college in the right way. He will represent my university in the right way. He will represent my organization in the right way. I want him. So, you know, I say that even because when I go and do a talk, I will literally, you know, it'll be like being set up because I need to send an email presentation through. And I will be waiting there and I'll be waiting there. And it's not as if I'm being rude or aloof or anything like that. I like to listen. Yeah. I like to listen. I listen to conversations and I listen to what the kids are saying. And, I will, and, you know, I will I will pick up on so much stuff like swear words. And I say to them, listen, if I was someone that was coming in here that was willing to give you a chance on something to better your life or to give you a position in my company or something like that, do you know what? You would, you would have already blown your chance. That's it. It's gone. Because... Mm-hmm. People say, you know, you shouldn't judge people on like first impressions, but first impressions count. Yeah. And listen, time, t- time is valuable. Um, I'm not even going to 
concentrate on you. I'm I'm going to listen to the ones over here that aren't swearing and see what's the best of the group there. So, mm-hmm. yeah, like uh, respect has gone in a massive, massive way. Yeah. And I like to uh, think, you know, that I bring a massive element of that, you know, when I'm doing my talks. Yeah, yeah definitely. Comes across, doesn't it? Yeah, for sure. And and it's almost like there's this balance. And I'm sure that in some ways this has kind of been a thing for young people, you know, where young people have always tried to like test boundaries and stuff. But um, that there's this kind of balance of not, not giving a shit, basically. And... Um, so there's that in a negative way, you know, where you you don't give a shit. Sorry, I'm swearing more than we normally do on. I'm just swearing. Sorry. <laughs> um, but there's, but there's that- always a positive and a negative. Yeah, with it, right. Yeah. Always right. Yeah. So so I like to use. I'd like to use the symbol of the yin yang sign. So in any negative, there is a positive, and in every positive, there is a negative. So in every element, a big patch of dark there's a there's a spot of light and in amongst a lot of light there is always a bit of dark it's like a lot of people say well hell hell if i could give you one one wish right now oh okay uh give me five million pounds if i won the lottery and all that but there were so many people that win the lottery and you speak to them a year later and they say it's the worst thing that ever happened to me yeah because people change your yeah. you change as a person other people take advantage of you families divide so there's always there's always going to be a negative in a positive so yeah it's always a case of even you know you know not caring yeah not caring what anyone thinks yeah it can be it can be done in a positive way right because I care what people think of me but I know that I'm not doing anything bad or anything negative because my evidence speaks for itself but if people don't like the way that I speak if people don't like the way that I dress if people don't like who I am if people listen, that's, that's okay, right? That's none of my business. Yeah. But if I'm going out there hurting people, if I'm going out there, you know, you know, you know, you know causing chaos and havoc, and I'm saying, oh, well, I don't care, then that's the negative in it. That's so what I, I was, yeah, yeah, that's what I was trying to get at, and apologies for swearing. <laughs> that was like really <laughs> the wrong moment. The wrong moment. Talking about and I don't normally do that. <laughs> um that was one of those where you know you sh- really shouldn't and then you just do it um but yes yeah 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 thank you like forgive me for that um but yeah that's kind of what I was getting at so there's that there's the there's the not caring and because you're you're going to show up as yourself and like you say like I love that I, I love that sort of it's none of my business what people think of me mm. like I absolutely find that has been such a freeing thing to take on board you know what I mean and actually uh like my thing is you can't be everyone's cup of tea that's my that's my saying but be some people's shot of tequila yeah yeah yes. right yeah exactly <laughs> yeah 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 and and that that's it isn't it and, and it's almost like when you're growing up you're trying to find that balance between the not the not caring what people think but also they're having a having a, a compass you know a moral compass that mm. like you say you know you're not doing anything bad you know you know you're I mean, I used to teach at primary and I had a boy, we were learning about the Second World War and Hitler. And I had a boy ask me and really just, he just couldn't believe, you know, what what had happened with, with the, the Jewish population. And he just said, you know, why, like, why did people do what Hitler said? You know, why did, mm. why did people follow him if he was evil? And the only thing I could say and the only thing I could think of that was appropriate, obviously, for that age group as well. But I just said, you know, you've got to know in your heart who you are. You've got to know what your values are. You've got to know what is right and wrong. And you stick with that, you know, because I said a lot of people don't have that and they and they lose their way, you know, and someone comes along and tells them how how it is, how they think it is. And they don't have that strong sense of who they are you know and that's what I think maybe a lot of people are struggling with now do you think and and, and it was something that I was really putting an emphasis on um you know in in the talks yesterday because you know in a, in one of the talks especially because I've done five one-hour talks yesterday in one of the talks especially there was a class clown you know at the beginning you know he was most probably pushing my buttons and seeing what he could get away with but I was talking about either being a sheep or being a lion like there's too mm-hmm. many followers 
got to start being a leader because mm. there are too many followers in this world and people can be lovely people, nice people, listen, clued up people, very, very intellectual people. And they will go along with certain things just because they feel that they should or yeah. like, listen, I am a decent person, but I'm just following orders. Mm. Um, but even if orders are given, you still have to have that strength of character to say, are those orders correct? Yeah. Just because 50 people have followed those orders and I'm 51 and that's all there is. You know, there's only 51 of us. Does it, does it still make it right? What's, what's mm. my moral compass? So a lot of people need, whether they know it or not, they need to do loads of inner work on their moral compass and on their integrity and on their strength. Yeah. A lot of people would not think twice, think twice about booking a holiday Right, going away, all inclusive, spending four grand on a two-week holiday. Yeah, listen, go go away, lovely sunshine, lovely bit of rest. But guess what? Your problems, your challenges, your tests, your insecurities are waiting for you on that tarmac as soon as you touch back. Like you can only kind of block out reality for those two weeks and and forget everything for those two weeks. But your problems are going to be there waiting for you on the tarmac. But they wouldn't think they they wouldn't have any interest about spending two grand on a 12 week coaching course that will, that will give them strength of character, integrity, resilience, like all this stuff. It's really weird. Like people have these different priorities in life and they will a lot of the time, nearly all of the time, most of the time kind of make the wrong decision because it's the easier one, because it's the one uh, with kind of short term dopamine effects. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so a lot of people, they need the work, they need to do it because they haven't got that strength of character. They're a nice person. They are of good character, but they haven't got the strength of character or the moral compass pointing in the, in the right way. And yeah, they haven't got, you know, the strong personality traits. So yeah, a lot of people, they do need that work. Yeah. But it, it's amazing how easy it is to influence people. Mm, I know. It is incredible. We've talked about this on a couple of other shows of how people will just follow blindly and they don't, even check in i mean we're seeing it at the minute with everything crumbling with politics with healthcare with all of our you know systems mm. you know people are just going along with not independently researching or ask you know checking in because we, we're always big on you know working with your intuition checking in with what feels right for you this this idea yeah. of discernment you know what's right what's wrong you've got to go off don't just mm. don't just believe me don't just take my word for it you go you go research you go find out and then you yeah. know you you, you check in with how you feel about that and I think we're at a crux now with you know humanity in general at this tipping point almost aren't we where that's that's so relevant it's so yeah. key uh and and we need to like you're doing in your work Jamie we need to model that don't we for our younger people because you know we're handing over this world to them I, I literally say to people you know during the talks this I don't want this to sound to sound stupid but you know coming from a professional public speaker but talk is cheap it's like you have to back it up with your actions yeah. so you know you 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 have to show by actions and it's like when I talk about you know, um, when I when I broke up from my two little girls' mum, you know, four and a half years ago, you know, when I was told that she wanted a divorce, I knew that in that moment, although I was heartbroken, I was devastated. I had to stay strong because I had two little pairs of eyes looking up at me. Yeah. And I need to show my babies in that moment that daddy can be strong because, listen, you've got daddy's DNA. You've got half of daddy's heart. You've got daddy's blood running through your veins. And I need to show you what you're capable of. Um, mm -hmm. You know, tell you till I'm blue in the face. But I need to show you by my actions and give that example to show you that, that that you can do it in the future. When someone breaks your heart, my darlings, if a relationship breaks up, if you go through a marriage break, that you will be OK because daddy has shown you how to do it. So, yeah, that's that's a real massive driving force for me. Yeah. Having that reason to keep on going. I think, yeah, um, as well, what you what you are showing your kids and other you know people that <laughs> anybody really that you come into contact with is um is the power of forgiveness as well like you were saying about how you sat across from you know the guy that that punched your nephew and I think that is just a huge um I think that it takes so much strength to forgive you know it you that that word and the energy behind that word sometimes has a softness to it 
But I think it's a massive strength to be able to do that, isn't it? Yeah. And I think we need to sort of really show that, like show that to 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 people that this is not this is not something mm. to be taken lightly. To forgive, you know, to forgive people is like you say that it allows you to move on. It allows you to to be your your best self. You can't carry on, can you? Like with that, you know, no. in your heart, you can't Carrying sort of, to- yeah. Yeah, you're you're only carrying the baggage and it's keeping yeah. you way down. And what people need to realise is there's the finer details to forgiveness as well. Just because you forgive someone, it doesn't mean to say that you need to let them back into your life again. No. Yeah. Give them. It doesn't mean to say they have access access to you, right? So yeah, yeah. For, so forgiving other people, yeah, it's massive because it goes against every fibre of our being. It's very, very unnatural to, mm-hmm. to, to let people off the hook that have really caused us pain. But it's it it is it's revitalizing it's 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 liberating to do it absolutely and it and it opens up so many different channels and doorways um you know i'm not just talking about physically i'm talking emotionally psychologically mentally as well so but you know when when you do forgive someone yeah you're not letting them off the hook you're letting yourself off the hook but what we'll have to realize is it's not all about forgiving other people or other situations or circumstances look yourself in the mirror and forgive yourself because people are so hard on themselves it's in our clandestine nature to want to punish us and i had to go through this even though i live 234 miles away from my nephew why wasn't i there to help him why wasn't i there to protect him it's my fault that he's got that's what we love to do and it goes back to childhood um about about how kids like to connect something so yeah we like to punish ourselves so people have to forgive themselves of their past behavior their past uh listen uh, uh, characteristics their past what 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 whatever it is they've done you have to forgive yourself and it's all about the here and now and what you do from this moment on so yeah forgive others forgive forgive you know situations and circumstances that have hurt you but please go and stand in the mirror and kind of forgive yourself let yourself off the hook because Listen, you're with the too, too, too many people are their own worst enemy. And we have to be start being our own biggest cheerleader sometimes because yeah. it's, it's amazing the amount of times that people will say that they're there for you. And when you need them, they're not. And you realize I'm alone. I'm on my own here. But I want people to respect that situation. But don't be fearful about being on your own because a lot of the time you then realize by going through something on your own, you is all you needed. And that's that. And, and you found a strength from within. You found something. You know, you 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 gave that little whisper to the soul to carry on. Do you know what I mean? So it's like. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I had to forgive myself as well. Like I say, with 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 my nephew, I also forgave myself very quickly um, in 2020 when my mum phoned me up on May the 20th, 2020 and told me that the youngest of my two older sisters took her own life during lockdown. And I forgave myself very quickly at that point. Um, although I was devastated, heartbroken, absolutely. I remembered the process that I went through with Connor, first and foremost. Mm-hmm. The aftermath, him in the him in the um him in the intensive care unit, um, saying goodbye to him at celebration of life, but then going into uh, a courtroom for a murder trial that I wouldn't wish upon my worst enemy. Um, I'd been through all that process and I was still standing and I'd made something from it. Um and then so I knew that I could get through that news first and foremost. So I prioritized it. I knew I could get through it first, what my mum had mama told me, even though I was heartbroken, devastated, and absolutely destroyed. Um, but very quickly those thoughts come into my head, oh, I should have done something, I should have realized this, I should have seen something, I should have said something. But then I forgave myself. And it allowed me to cut to, to to calm myself down and get myself back on track, even though heartbroken. I took a call from a 22-year-old single mum three days after that whose partner had died unexpectedly and suddenly six months prior to that, leaving her and her five-year-old daughter alone. And she couldn't cope with the pain anymore. She was thinking about doing exactly the same thing. But that call, I took that call, I calmed her down. I made her see a little bit of clarity. There was a bit of coaching, aftercare. And now she's doing some amazing stuff in the mental health game. And she will literally say, listen, if you didn't take that call that day, I would be dead. So there's like another example there. You know, there's many, many others, like I say, like that boy, um, you know, that, that, that sent me the email. But I forgave myself quickly because I knew I, could do, I, I couldn't do anything about it. And 
I could, I would have loved the 10 minutes in front of her to give the motivational talk of all motivational talks, the best one I've ever given to make her see her value, her worth. And, but even then it may have only have stopped her at that point. Yeah. She may ride later on in life and, you know, you can only do what you can do. So yeah, yeah. people are forgiving themselves a lot. Yeah. And I know that's something that you're, you know, you're really passionate about now in, in your work with the suicide prevention. Um, and I think, you know, we, we see these scary numbers, don't we, of, of it being on the rise, particularly with males, younger males, it seems to be, you know, mm. it, and, and it is heartbreaking because you have to then put yourself in that position and think what could be going through that person's mind where they don't see any other choice. There's no other choice. And that that's really difficult. And I think that, you know, it's something that people do need to look at, address, talk about, you know, be there um, for these, particularly the youngsters. I know we've talked about young people a lot, haven't we, during this episode, but, uh, you know, they're they're valuable. We, <laughs> we need Yeah, to- it goes back to this, um, you know, it's, it's a certain part. I'm not saying that it's all of it. There's, there's, yeah. there's, there's loads of different elements to it. Yeah. Um, you know, and to deal with it, it, it is a little bit a process of elimination, but you can only deal with one thing at a time. Yeah. But when I'm back at like, when, when I look back at old school resilience, there, there, is, there is literally, right, when I think back on my granddad's time, there were literally 14 and 15-year-olds that were lying about their age to go to war to defend this country. No fear. No mm-hmm. fear. And now there are 13, 14, well, 14 and 15-year-olds that are having meltdowns because a place doesn't have Wi-Fi. So there is a massive element of this natural resilience, this realness, the, 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 the realness that's gone, the gratitude, yeah. you know. So if there was that old school resilience being put back in a little bit here and there, like it could it could it could work wonders. It works wonders because, mm. like that, you know, that 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 kind of comparison right there, 14, 15 year olds lying about their age to kind of go to war and now 14 or 15 year olds are having meltdowns because there's no Wi-Fi. It, it it kind of sums it up for me. Mm. And we've built this mm. world, haven't we, that's all about our comfort. You know, we've built all and of convenience. these and convenience and we've got everything in place to like make our lives as easy as, you know, possible. And we don't, so therefore, if we don't get exposed to these um, times where we actually have to really find our our strength or even, even just our tolerance or whatever, mm um it's a skill isn't it like it's something that yeah. you build you've got yeah. to get comfortable with being uncomfortable yeah We've- yeah nothing ever kind of grows inside a comfort zone and yeah. you have to you you have to realize that you have to put yourself in different environments in order which to blossom and flourish because you know i talk about environments to, to to kids and i hold up you know the the example of death valley uh death valley in america it's got the hottest recorded temperature ever on the planet and nothing ever grows in death valley hence hence the name so it's a case of something happened in 2004 in the winter that never happened before seven inches of rain fell in a very short space of time so fast forward to 2005 spring death valley was all of a sudden carpeted in flowers so Death Valley wasn't dead. It was just dormant. It was just resting. It had all the seeds just below the surface. It needed the right conditions and the right environment to come along in which to flourish. All these kids, every single one of them have got the seeds of potential, opportunity, skill, talent in them, but they are not putting themselves in the right environment in which to flourish. You're not going to flourish by staying in your bedroom, uh, staying on your phone, uh, just playing games, talking to your friends, flicking through social media. Oh, look. Uh, Jason's got a new pair of football boots. Amazing. Laura's just had her nails done. Fantastic. Gemma's put up her 250th selfie of of the week. Liam's having chicken and chips for dinner. Hashtag mm, tasty. You know, all that kind of stuff. It it doesn't it doesn't help. And they are not putting themselves in the right conditions and the right environment in which to flourish. And unfortunately, there's not enough parents who love comfort, that love the comfort, love the convenience as well. The parents that are not that are not challenging their kids to go into these environments. Yeah. Like my little girl now, she, you know, uh, my eldest just turned 11. Bang. She's just got her 11 to 17 gym membership. Now she's, you know, she's, she's going in, she's doing work. You know, I, I'm, I'm kind of paying her gym membership because I need to do all I can to help her along, along life's journey. So I'm not saying that I've got all the answers, you know, I've got, I've got quite a bit sussed out and I can, uh, um, you know, 
behave and act on my life experiences and what I know to work. But, uh, you know, listen, nobody's got every single answer, but it's all about doing the little things, the little things. Because when I talk about the night my nephew was murdered, I said if one small thing was done differently in the chain of events leading up to him being killed, he would still be alive. One small thing taken out of that chain reaction, he would still be alive. So don't tell me that the small things don't matter. It's just now we live in an instant generation where people want instant results, instant success, instant rewards, instant gratification, instant satisfaction. I want an Oompa Loompa Daddy and I want a Golden Goose right now. It's one of those. But people have to understand that you have to start changing the little things in your life and then your life will change in a big way further on down the road. It's like building a wall. I don't know one single bricklayer that's ever built a wall in one massive slab of concrete. It's always been brick by brick. That's how people need to build their lives. But that convenience, that comfort, that instant gratification, it's all seeping into people's mindset now. I mean, I know adults that want to drop kick a laptop or a tablet or a phone through a window because it buffers for 10 seconds. The anger that comes out, just all of a sudden, how dare you make me buffer? How dare you make me wait? It's yeah, it's it's a problem. It's a problem. Yeah. And people need to work on themselves in general. But with the world in which we're living in now and what's coming, what will change in the future, people need to do so more so. So I hope when 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 the bomb drops, like literally when when the grenade goes off, I hope those two weeks in Benidorm serve you well. Mm. I always say, and this is exactly what you were saying, but I think we we talked about it recently. Where wherever you go, there you are. So, like, <laughs> unless you know what I mean, where yeah. wherever you go, there you are. So you can't literally get away from yourself. So, like you were saying about the holiday, all of your problems and all you know, and everything that you're trying to deal with is just with yeah. you all the time, isn't it? You yeah. can you can't just put a sticking plaster on it. It's, it's not going to... People have become masters of deflecting and avoiding it a lot of the time. And I think, you know, you painting that picture of how modern life can be, which is so true. I kept thinking when I was listening to you, I kept thinking, yeah, you're not really in yourself. You're just looking at this, doing that. You're not yeah. in yourself. You're not testing yourself. You're not having the experience. You're just you you're like an empty shell almost just you know yeah and that's why a lot of kids and a lot of youth and and even adults they feel unfulfilled and they yeah. don't feel they feel like that they're missing something they're searching for something they are looking absolutely mm -hmm. and that word self absolutely it's 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 so important because i talk to the kids i took you know i was speaking about it yesterday about self-investment self-investment is the best yeah. investment will ever make it yeah. will never value never ever depreciate and it's just one of those that they are so involved in in other people's lives and they're looking at other people and what they've got and looking at the world that they know more about other people than what they do themselves mm. and there's the problem like they have to yeah. start the self-investment because i will go around the room and say to listen tell me tell me something good about yourself tell me tell me tell me a quality that you have tell me a skill that you've got tell me a talent that you've got tell me something that you love doing I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I know some of that is a little bit of the fear. Again, like they shouldn't care what other people think, but the fear of speaking up in front of their peers. Yeah. But a lot of it, the vast majority is they just do not know. Yeah. And if you don't know what amazing qualities you have, then when things really get bad, you're not going to be able to recognize what you bring to the world, are you? You know, if you don't. Exactly. I don't want it to, I don't want it to seem arrogant. You know, when I say, like, if someone asks me that question, I say, yeah, I'm kind, I'm generous, I'm giving. Listen, I've, I've got my, I've got my purpose. I'm, I'm, I'm resilient. I'm supportive. I'm generous. I, listen, I, I, I bang, 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 bang. And I don't want that to sound egotistical, mm. but it's what it is because the proof is in the pudding and there's nothing wrong with saying good stuff about yourself because yeah. we literally tell ourselves the bad stuff too much. Yeah. Oh, yeah 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 we've had to try and work on flipping that haven't we and yeah. I think like from my experience growing up you know I had a I had a challenging childhood with certain relationships and so for me it wasn't even safe to be who I was or acknowledge anything that was good because that was just you know torn to shreds so in in my life going forwards in my work that's what I try and coax out of other people you know come back in get back in <laughs> what's going yeah. on what's What's you? What's not you? What do you like? What you don't like? You know, just start with the basics because we can, if we're not careful, we're just living this sort of surface level 
mentality where it's you don't go deep or you don't you know you don't want to do the inner work well but like what you were saying before Jamie that's where the riches lie that's where you get that investment back if you yeah. do yeah. that inner work which really inspires me and has helped me massively yeah. um in what I and, do and like this is the this is the analogy that I love to use and it's quite and, and, I, and I call it like searching for diamonds in amongst the debris and I say to people look if there was um like an an empty jewellery store, but still with all its stock in there, like there's no people in there, but there was like a crane, a wrecking ball next to it. And it flattened it, literally flattened it, like busted it to the ground. And the workers said, look, no one's going to be here for six hours. You've got six hours here on your own. There's no other, right, no one else about you do what you want. And I asked people, would you go searching through all that debris, all those bricks, all that wood to get those diamonds? And some people like think about the work and say, no, nah, no, because it'll hurt me and it'll cut me. And I said, of course it'll cut you. But you're going to be finding diamonds that are hard to find because they're so small. But when you do find them in amongst all that debris, they're so valuable. I don't know a single person that wouldn't go searching through all that for a £100,000 diamond, you know, just one of them. No, they are. They're valuable. And those diamonds are your confidence. Those those diamonds are your self-esteem and your resilience and your strength of character and your integrity and your moral compass. Mm, yeah. They are the diamonds. But you have to go searching through the debris of life, past trauma, life and pressures at the moment to get to them. And when you get them, you're listen, you're not going to lose them. You're not going to lose. They will never, ever lose their value. Those diamonds will never, ever lose their value. So, yeah, it is about, you know, in amongst all that, all that uh, chaos and carnage, really search diamonds in amongst the debris. I like that. That's it. That's a, a good thing to end on. I think that's, yeah. yeah, that really resonates as well with me. Thank you, Jamie. Um, for people listening, if they want to find out more about you, I'll put it all in the show notes anyway. But if they want to find out more about you, if they want you to come to their schools, if we've got any teachers listening or prison institutions or whatever, how how can they find you? Well, my website is www.jamiedenya.com. Nice and simple. Um, and then on socials, it's at Grief Preacher. Instagram's most probably my favourite, but Grief yeah. Preacher, you know, that was a name that was given to me inside Park uh, Park Prison, Bridge End by one of the inmates. I mean, I wasn't in there for doing anything naughty. It was just doing a talk. But <laughs> so, yeah, at Grief Preacher on the socials, www.jamiedenya on the uh, the website. There's a contact form in there. There's all the information about more stuff in which I do. So, uh, yes, yeah, testimonies on there and stuff like that. But also Jamie Denya on Facebook as well. Okay, awesome. Thank you. Thank um, you. Yeah, that was it's... so inspiring. And it really, I think everything that you do just seems to really positively impact people. So I, yeah. I think this will be the same. And that's Thank how you. that's how I'm feeling. Yeah. As the podcast host, yeah. I'm feeling very warm hearted now. Thank you, Jamie. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm pleased I could help just cut that swearing out you over there. Right. <laughs> She's been told. She's been told. I hardly ever swear <laughs> as well. That was just typical, wasn't it? <laughs> Thank oh, you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Blessings to you both. Take care. <laughs> Thanks for listening. So if you would like to connect to us elsewhere in the multiverse, well, you can. You can find me, Sally, at thecreativeview.co.uk or on Instagram as the.creative.u. For Sibby, her website is healingrights.com and she's also on Instagram as Sibby Rights. Lots of love. See you soon. <laughs>